another episode Behind the Vinyl with Darren and Nicholas. Hey guys, we're back. Another episode of Behind the Vinyl. Uh, Nicholas is here and happy to say we've got the one and only Mr. Corey motherfucking Taylor. How are you, man? Well, you say happy now. <laughs> this, this could go horribly wrong, you know, which it usually does if I, if memory serves correctly. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's been some some things, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah there's that. Absolutely. Good to good to have you here. Look, this is a little bit different. We uh we got a little bit of a a um yeah, we've we've known each other for a while. Um right. through through all your incarnations, you know, you slipknot, your your stone sour, and finally your first solo record. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I finally lost the bet and I had to record one. You know, it's uh <laughs> When, when was the first time you started thinking about a solo album? Does that go way back? I mean, yeah. I mean, well, I mean, I, re- I remember originally talking about using some stuff that I had written in a project called uh, the Junk Beer Kidnap Band, which was going back about 12 years. Um, but that was more of kind of an offshoot, and it wasn't specifically a solo thing. Um but I will say, you know, I, I kind of put that on that, that kind of went on the back burner and I kind of got away f- from it because of, you know, obviously Slipknot and Stone Sour and all that stuff. But as the years went by, and it was honestly a solo thing was never I never something I really considered until it just kept coming up in interviews, man. It just kept coming up like interviews, fans, like everybody kept asking me if I'd ever considered doing a solo album because everybody knew I wrote music. Everybody knew I wrote, you know, different thing, not only for myself, but for, for other bands and stuff. And the more I thought, started thinking about it, the more it, it intrigued me. And the more I realized that I've got all of these songs that I've been collecting over the years that I've written that just didn't have a home. So maybe this just is, was the perfect home for those songs, you know?
Stranded on Highway 666 when the devil let me down Break it all and see what sticks when the devil let me down He says, son, I know it's not your time You gotta leave this all behind I just laughed and waved goodbye Cause the devil let me down is that like the first song opening song of the album highway 66 uh, yeah. highway 666 right um that's that's your first um that's the earliest song right from this that record. has well that has the seeds of the earliest stuff um yeah two of the verses from that song are actually from high school i wrote those in high school um but i didn't sit down and finish the song until you know 30 years later basically you know it's like I, but I'd always kind of had the, I, I just remember I found those in a notebook at my grandma's house and I was like, Oh, I remember these, you know? And then I just realized like someday I should finish these. Uh, and when it came time to put the material together for this album, that's when I, I really kind of sat down. I was like, okay, I've got these really cool verses, a totally different vibe. Where do I go from there? And that kind of set the tone for, you know, kind of taking it in the crazy, you know, Charlie Daniels band meets Thin Lizzy kind of vibe, you know, and really kind of, you know, setting the tone for, you know, letting people know that you don't know what you're going to get with this album. You know, like yeah. this album is going to take you in a million different places and you'll still feel really good about where you're going to go. Yeah. But in a nutshell, that's Corey Taylor, you know? Yeah. You yeah. Know, you're, you're one extreme slipknot. One extreme stone sour. You got the acoustic shows. You got the books. You got the movies. Like right, right, you, right. Like this album, it's literally all over the place in a great way. Yeah. Well, thank you, man. Yeah. I mean, it's. But at the same time, there's a cohesion there because it's my voice. You know, as as diverse as the genres get, it's because of my interpretation and my filter that really kind of ties it all together and makes it. Uh, just a very diverse guitar-driven rock album, you know? Yeah. Dude, back in high school, were you the kind of guy that would, like, scribble down heavy metal lyrics on the desk and stuff like that in the classroom? Not on the desk, but I, I definitely <laughs> do them in notebooks, you know? Like, it right. was it was always the challenge. Me and my friends, it was always the challenge to see who could draw the Metallica logo the best. You know, like, we were those dudes, you know? Like, it's like just trying to get the right angle on the M, and it's like, ah, I messed up! God damn it! Like, dude, you'd have to start all over. But then we had, we had a friend of ours, uh, Eric Schmidt, who was uh, the brother of my best friend at the time, who could draw the Iron Maiden logo perfectly so we were always over at his house and he was always drawing them on our on the back of our jean jackets and shit you know <laughs> my my brother could draw the fly on the wall from acdc and he used to draw it on my my arm as a really yeah so it was like an eight-year-old kid or something i'd be walking around with the sleeve up like showing off what i thought looked like a tattoo did you ever have anybody come up and smack it like it's like get a fucking fly on it. No? I, I never had that, except my except my older brother. 
you know. Oh, well, there you go. There you go. <laughs> um, one one thing that's pretty relevant uh, or pretty obvious with this record is the um, the the track listing. You know, it's so eclectic, but it comes together. It takes you on a journey. You could have easily put the 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 heavier songs together or this, but the 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 track listing really works really nicely to take you on the Thank journey. You. That's that's a that's a conscious effort from your part. Yeah, no, I this was it was you know I I kind of toiled on the uh, the sequencing for a long time because right? I wanted it to have that perfect flow. You know, like to me, it's almost a lost art these days is the the right sequencing because of playlists and whatnot and 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 streaming. You, you just never really realize that there's there's a there's a there, there's a there's a way to put an album together that really makes it feel like a journey, you know? And for me, that's what I wanted. I wanted it to have those peaks and valleys that, you know, are reminiscent of the the albums that we grew up with, you know? It wasn't always just a straight line, you know, especially with the more diverse albums that you listen to. You talk about ACDC. If you listen to uh, Back in Black, it's a perfect example, you know? There are you know, kind of peaks and valleys, it, it, it ebbs and it flows and it really makes one, you feel like you're listening two, to a story one, two, and not three, just an album. It's not just a collection of songs. And that's what I wanted this album to feel like.
So what's what's some of the more recent songs of this of this record? Uh, Minor Lux is actually the the newest one that I wrote, and I wrote that actually when we were over in Europe with Slipknot just about six months ago. Oh, and then I and the, the the story behind that song is that I dreamt it before I wrote it. So we I was on the bus. And I was sleeping and I had a dream that uh, me and the solo band, me and the guys in the solo band were playing that song for an audience. And yet it was a song that I hadn't written yet. Right. So I woke up and I was like, what the fuck was that song? And I, wrote, I sat down, I wrote the lyrics down, I wrote the notes down, I, I picked up a guitar and I, 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 I wrote the music. And then I filmed myself like a maniac. Like I filmed myself playing this song and I was like, okay guys, I dreamt this song. You're, you're going to think I'm a weirdo, but I, you got to record this song. And then I sent it to the guys and we put it together and it was just that quick, you know, it was that, that real. I was like, this song is way too good. We got to put this song on the album. Yeah. What the hell does it mean? That's a great song. Mina Lux is basically Mina, you know, obviously is German for my or mine. Right. And then Lux, Lux refers to Lux Interior, the singer for the Cramps. And the whole song ah. is about embracing your inner rock star. It's about embracing your inner iconoclast. It's about embracing your inner uh, personality and just being bigger than life. You know, that's what that whole song is about. That's okay, cool. I tried Google. It came up with shit. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's that's again that's a typical fucking Corey Taylor thing because some yeah, of your yeah. track, some of your your um like your song titles, man, caused me chaos trying to yeah. explain them to to <laughs> to the radio stations. You know, hey, it's it's Type A personality. You know, right? And, yeah. Or yeah. um, what's what's the one if uh, um, oh, Zwi Road or no? What, how do you say that? Oh, Zizix. Zizix yeah. Road. Yeah, Zizix Road. It's just, and I'm like, just, you know, and it's honestly something I didn't even realize until I got pushback from you guys. It was like, what the hell do you hell do you say it? And I'm like, <laughs> sorry. I, I, I just tell them, just say it's a new song. Just say yeah, it's new. Yeah, absolutely. New material. Here it comes. Absolutely. Um, uh, first single, um, Black Eyes Blue. Yeah. Um, what can you tell us about that? That song, uh, for the longest time, uh, before I wrote the lyrics and everything, was just called Clash Ripoff. Like that was my 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 uh, attempt at uh, putting together something because I'd always wanted to put a song together that kind of had that Clash feel to it, where you know it was like uh, a little bit of two tone, some piano, but a good driving beat and like good guitars and stuff. Yeah. Um, but then when I wrote the lyrics, it really kind of came down to writing a song about the the first time I took my wife, Alicia, to London. Um, the first time she'd never been. I'd been there, obviously, many times, but she had never been there before. And just seeing her excitement, being in that city somewhere she'd never been before, and realizing that that was the feeling that I had being with her every day was just this being able to be with someone who not only makes you happy, but enjoys life just as much as you do is a gift, you know? So that's what that song is about is really kind of coming out of the clouds of depression and finding the person that you were meant to kind of run all over the world with for the rest of your life, man. It was, it was a good feeling. 
as well isn't it yeah yeah that was actually the first song yeah yeah i was that was the first song i wrote for my wife actually was home and i wrote it on guitar but yeah i i knew that i wanted to play it on piano so i actually spent two and a half years teaching myself how to play and really learning because i've always kind of noodled around on on piano but i'd never really been i'd never like taken the time to know like learn where the notes are so then I could construct the different chords and really find a way to be able to play. And it took two and a half years to really kind of get to that point where I know where the notes are now and I can play along with anything that I've ever written. But I also wanted to be confident enough to be able to record it and, and, and make sure that it felt good, not just like somebody just kind of bashing his knuckles against the keys, but actually feeling like this was somebody who was really playing a song, you know? But that must open up a whole new way of, of writing songs. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's cool because now I sit down at the piano and I uh, I just kind of I uh, start discovering. It's kind of like a uh, like guitar. When I sit down on guitar, almost every time I sit down with a guitar, I write something and I either record it and remember it or forget. And it's kind of the same way now with piano, man. Like I I can't tell you how many things that I've had to record just so I can remember it on, on piano. And, and, uh, and, and it's, it's, it's really cool. It's a cool feeling. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Um, probably one of the, the most unusual songs for me is Samantha's gone. That's, that's the one that, you know, takes me on a different journey for what I would, I'd expect. Right. Um, interesting lyrics too. Yeah. Yeah. That song is uh pure satire. That song is, that song is really about, being the sober dude, you know, kind of like, like, like in it, you know, later in his life going, well, shit, 
I've burned through all the vices. What the hell do I do now? You know, like and it's really kind of about looking at the world through a certain point of view and realizing that, well, you're going to have to figure out something in life and uh, you, you can't go back to the old standbys. And Samantha really is a metaphor for letting those vices go, you know, can't drink, can't do drugs, can't fuck around, can't, you know, it's, it's about trying to find that next piece of excitement, you know? So that's what that song is about. And I actually wrote that song 12 years ago. So yeah, it's about, yeah, it's, and it's got that, I wanted it to have that big rock feel, man, you know, just really, really kind of that, that Slade meets, uh, you know, kind of eighties glam rock vibe, yeah. you know? Yeah. That's, I, I guess that eighties glam rock kind of, kind of vibe yeah. to it. But yeah. how, how, how long, how long have you been sober now? Uh, 10 years, uh, coming up on 11 actually. And you're, you're on a plant-based diet too now, right? Yeah. Yeah. The, the cholesterol finally caught up with me and I had to kind of give the meat up. So, but I tell you what, man, it was probably, it was probably one of the better decisions I ever make to be on or ever made. Uh, just for the fact that I just, I feel better. You know, it's yeah. weird. I, I mean, I still eat fish and I still eat, uh, uh, eggs. So it's more of like a pescatarian kind of yeah. vibe. But, uh, since I gave up like real meat, it's actually really improved a lot of things. I know it sounds really hippie ish and shit, but it's, uh, <laughs> It's good, man. You know, I mean, anything you, you guys know, you you hit a certain age and you start going, I feel like shit. Like, what the yeah. hell's, what's, why does this hurt? Why does this hurt today? Like, what the hell is going on here? And uh, yeah, so I've just kind of just been trying to because I want to keep my uh, my career at a certain level and my my uh, energy level at a certain level. You know, I've really just been trying to kind of look at taking care of myself better, you know? Yeah. I'm still drinking and I'm still eating meat, so I'm guess I'm guessing I've got about five years left. Well, I mean, I I can tell you, you look it. <laughs> my my vice is um, definitely. It's fucking sugar, man. Sugar, yeah. sugar's the worst. Sugar's fucking dude. Safe. Yeah, I have tried so many times to give up the sugar, and I just, dude, yesterday, if I told you what I had for lunch yesterday you would hang up this call. Like you would just be like, what the fuck is wrong? With you? <laughs> oh, so I, I do the same. I go on these super bad fucking sugar. We're talking 35 chocolate bars a day kind of thing. Yeah, dude. Yeah. I, I know the feeling. I mean, I have to run. I have to exercise just to stay this shape. Right. Like, what the fuck, dude? You know? <laughs>
years and now with this album, how would you say your your lyric writing has changed? Or is it just the same or? No, I, I think I've definitely gotten better. You know, um, I've, de I've definitely gotten better at getting to my point quicker, you know, looking for, you know, it's always it's always going to be about trying to find that perfect phrasing. You know, like you're all you're especially from a lyricist point of view, you definitely are always trying to find the best way to convey how you feel or the most creative way to, to convey how you feel. And I've, I've taken great pride in my lyrics, uh, for, you know, since I started. So for me, it's really about pushing the boundaries and, and trying different ways to 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 kind of get my point across while also not losing the hook, you know, because sometimes you can, you know, if you're if you spend too much time in that headspace, you can become you can come off as too pretentious or you can come off as really just kind of being up your own ass and shit. And I've just never wanted to be that. I've always wanted it to, to kind of come off as poetic, but also relatable. You know, so that's been the balance, really, you know, over the years is trying to kind of find my way through the, you know, this this poetry and prose and, and try to make it in a way that people can still relate to, you know. Right. Right. Cool. Um, uh, CMFT must be stopped. Yeah. Talk us, yeah. Talk us through that. That's the first video from the record. Yeah. Um, Super anthemic song, man. It's fucking killer. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, thank you. That song started out as me just basically writing down a hip hop verse, hoping that somebody would ask me to be on their hip hop song. That's how that song started. Out. <laughs> and it's true. I was just like, well, you know what? You know, if somebody asked me, I'm going to be ready. I've got this verse and I'm fucking ready to go. And then, of course, nobody asked. And I was like, well, shit, you know, I guess I'll just write my own song, you know? <laughs> so, yeah. Well, you got, you got bars, man. You've, you've sung it I, in your other you, songs. Man. Thank you. Yeah. I, but I, the, at the same time, I didn't want it to be that I didn't want it to be a modern hip-hop song. Because I'm, I'm not a huge fan of a lot of modern hip-hop, but I wanted it to have some punch. I wanted it to have some bite. So I kind of took it back to this, like, old-school like early eighties kind of Rick Rubin run DMC vibe, you know, where it's, uh, you know, a little more, a little more in line with King of rock than anything else. Like I didn't want it to be a new metal song. I wanted it to have that, that kind of rock and roll feel, you know? So that was, that was the, the fun challenge was really kind of piecing this music together and then having modern dudes like, you know, Kid Bookie and Tech Nine come in on it was fucking perfect because then it really modernized the whole thing and really brought it into this whole other level that when I heard it back, I was like, this is dope, dude. Like, this is so good. And then the video itself is just such a fucking party that you can't help but get caught up in it, you know? Yep. Love it. Well, and a few people in the video as well. Right? Yep. Absolutely. Well, uh, uh, guys like Tech Nine and and uh, and Kid Bookie, are those people you know, or did you just go like through a list looking at cool uh, rappers and stuff? No, I t what Tech Nine I knew. Um, right. Like he's been, uh, you know, the great the great thing about Tech is he was a maggot, man. Like he was coming to Slipknot shows when we first started out. You know, like oh he, yeah, which is crazy. Which it's which I always loved. You know, so he and I 
have a great relationship. We've known each other for a long time. I was on uh, his song with her, which is on the special effects album, um, which was really cool to be able to do with him. And then Kid Bookie was uh, a fan who just hit me up on Twitter one time. Okay, you want to be on a song? And I checked this stuff out. And I was like, this is fucking really good. And I said, yes. And he couldn't believe that I said yes. So he sent me the stuff. And we just kind of went from there, man. Uh, so I loved both of their styles so much. And they were so different that I thought it was perfect. I, I thought it was a really great feeling, you know. So I was not only was I a fan of them, but it was cool to be able to kind of repay the favor of, of having me on their songs as well, you know? Attention. Ladies and gentlemen, may I have your attention?
matrix. I'm a stinker, I place this. Middle finger to the racist. Tongue game sharp enough to maul Freddy. When the drum bangs, check, I'll make your jaw heavy. Then the storm came, waving, breaking y'all limits. Did you get me tall, fitting? I reply with already. Listen, it's not a grammatical error, the name is connected all over the globe. Hey, speaking of lyrical language, I give them a killer and all of my shows. Hey, pocket full of cash, all the ladies wanna smash, and they all looking like they want me to smack them on the ass. That's how I leave it when I beast this Nothing but the futuristic battle star elite shit Beat this I tell you all it's not a secret Who I'm rocking with Say motherfucking team bitch Kansas, uh, yeah. which is it was one of my favorites on the album, uh, oh. and it, I get the vibe that it's kind of like coming off the tour, going home, or or. Yeah, that's exactly it, man. Yeah, and that's that's a song that I wrote probably about 15 years ago, um, and uh, it's very much that 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 feeling about of excitement about getting home, you know, getting home to your to your house, to your kids. Um, but it was never really finished in my eyes, you know? So when it came time to put it together for this album, I rewrote the lyrics, uh, I rewrote the verses completely. I started from scratch and really like took it in a different direction and then added the uh, modulation at the end. Like it it didn't really have that before. It didn't have any of that stuff. So it was really kind of cool to kind of come back to something that I'd already really written the meat of for, you know, a long time ago. And in my eyes, finally finish it and finally give it some some uh, some completion, you know, and that's that song is kind of I've, I've had everybody uh, compare that song from everything from uh, social distortion to uh, the gin blossoms, which are both correct answers. So it's, uh, it's, been, it's been very cool. Very cool. Well, was it written in Kansas? No, no. It was uh, it was written in Iowa, which is only about you know three hours away from Kansas. So there you right. go.
one of my favorite songs is uh, Culture Head from the record. Probably. Oh, okay, right on. Yeah. yeah. One of the heaviest songs. That's a killer bass line in that too. It's great, right? Yeah, yeah. 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 That's, that song started out, I was driving around Vegas where I live and I was, at, I was sitting at a red light and I don't know if it was a cement truck or a, a dumpster, like a dump truck or whatever. Like I was sitting there and I just heard this rhythm out outside my outside of the car and i just started going like that you know and basically and i wrote the drum beat in my head and i was like that could be cool you know and then as i was driving around as i was driving home i wrote the music and wrote the first two verses and really put it together in my head and then once I got home, really finished it. So it was a song that if I hadn't been, if I hadn't had the window down that day, I probably wouldn't have written it. You know, it was just a weird, weird, perfect timing kind of vibe where I just wrote a song while I was driving around. Love it. Great story. Cool. Um, uh, producer wise, uh, Jay, now you've worked yeah. with Jay. He, he's done the last, well, he's done the last three Stone Sour records. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and uh, House of Golden Bones, part one and part two. Um, same with your band. You know, you got Jason, who's been uh, he's been a friend of you for years, and he was out on your solo. And you've got um, uh, Christian as well, who right. was in uh, who's in Stone Cell. Um, right. This seems, you know, you seem really content, really happy, surrounding yourself with friends, and uh, uh, is that helping you creatively? Oh. I Absolutely. You know, I mean, when you when you set out it, the thing that I realized about a solo project early on was like, I am the singular voice. Uh, if I'm not happy with it, we're not going to do it. You know, that has to be a unilateral vision or you allow yourself you open yourself up to maybe outside advice that will take you away from your original idea in the first place. So I, I knew who I wanted to work with. I knew how I wanted to do it. It just came down to making sure that everybody else was into it, you know? So uh, Tooch was immediately into it. Um, Zach, who's a guy I've known for years and is one of the best guitar players I've ever met, he was totally into it. Jason, obviously, he and I had been talking about doing something forever together, you know? And then my buddy Dustin, who was in uh, uh, Walls of Jericho and whatnot, a very underrated drummer and really has never gotten to stretch his rock legs. You know what I'm saying? And it, and then, then obviously working with Jay and doing a co-production with him was perfect because I knew he would understand exactly what I was trying to do musically, you know? And I didn't want somebody to kind of come in and try to put their, you know, like overlay their idea of what we were doing too much with what I wanted to do. Yeah. So I wanted to work with people I trusted. And I also wanted to work with people who I knew were going to have as much fun as I was making the music. It was just as important to be good at what you do as it was to be just a fucking good person, you know, right. and just no drama, no bullshit, no miserable grumblings about being able to do what you absolutely love doing just going in and having a fantastic time. And that's, I think, one of the reasons why the energy is so there on these recordings, you know? The excitement's there, the, the, the urgency, the push and pull is so dynamic, man, that it just feels like you're listening to a live band, and which you are, really, you know? 
And that's what I wanted. I wanted it to be a pleasurable experience. You know, I'm not one of these assholes that thinks you have to be miserable to make a good album. Fuck all that <laughs> shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah Jay, Jay's a monster, man. The, the stuff he's done. Yeah, obviously Stone Sour, he's done what right. he's, he's done. He did the last uh, Black Star Riders. Uh, yeah. With Christian, um, Amon and Marth, Anthrax. He's a fucking monster. He's probably yeah. one of the most underrated producers out there. He really is. And, and, you know, he's got some of the best ears in the business. And not only that, but just has great ideas, man. You know, yeah. I, and I think it's because he cut his teeth for so many years doing so many different things, which is why he's so adept at being able to do so many different things. I mean, you know, I, I first worked with him on Steel Panther. You know, people don't realize that he did the, you know, he's done all the Steel Panther albums. Um, he's an anthrax, but he's also just did the last avatar album or last two avatar albums. Right. He's just, he's just that good, man. And he's really, really good.
today that that sack i i uh recognize his name because he played with bruce Kil- kulik on the kiss yeah Kings, yeah he did a killer yeah. job a killer yeah. job he's really he's really good dude he's been a, if you google zach throne you will shit yourself like he's <laughs> he's done so many things that people don't even realize he was a child actor for a while um right he was he was a drug dealer on uh uh, 21 Jump Street, or no, 90210. He was, right. he was, he was an actor on that. Um, he's been doing music forever, and uh, he's just so, dude, he's so good. And one of the one of the funniest people on the planet. Just this fucking dude who you can fuck with, and he will fuck with you. It's it's honest. It, it's beautiful, man. Like he's just one of my good good friends. Cool, nice. Um. Touring, when everything opens yeah. up, you know you, you're obviously planning to take this out on the road. Oh, absolutely! Yeah, this this band, this project is built to tour, like just built to go out and just fucking destroy. You know? Yeah. So yeah, the plan is once everything kind of gets back to normal, to take this on the road. Whether that's before or after next year, I'm not really sure. But I mean, the plan right now is for next year to finish up the, the Slipknot tour cycle and really make sure we tie that up. Um, but after that, the my plan is to go back in, record the second solo album, and then go back out and tour on two albums, not just one. And because, I mean, this dude, this band has the, has the potential to Springsteen some shit, like do like three hour shows, because we can't. <laughs> yeah. We can play anything. This band can play anything. We can do anything and that's the kind of excitement that i want to bring back to a live show where when you come you don't know what you're going to get you're going to get a handful of songs that you wanted to hear but then you're going to get a bunch of shit there's like i didn't realize i wanted to hear this shit you know that's that to me that's the excitement of of doing a live show and doing a concert where you walk in and you're like okay thrill me let's see what the fuck we got here you know but dude, you you recorded a bunch of cover songs as well. Yeah, yeah. Could you mention? Yeah. I mean, could you say anything about that? Yeah, I mean, we did. Uh, you know, we did a bunch of stuff for B side stuff. You know, um, we recorded everything from the Dead Boys and Kiss to Eddie Money and uh, oh. John Cafferty and the Beaver Brown Band. Yeah, I said it, <laughs> and it's that. It's because. Like I said, we can play anything, man. We can do whatever we want. We did an acoustic version of uh, Lunatic Fringe by Red Rider, and it is fucking 
beautiful, dude. It's probably one of the coolest things I've ever done. And uh, yeah, it's it's really cool. It's it's awesome being in a band with people who are really, really for the most part, being in charge of a project where everyone in the band is just as into music as you are. And not only wants to do their best, but they want to hear it back just as, just as much as you do. And and you get so fucking excited. You're not jaded. You're not cynical. You're just stoked. And it's been so long since I've felt like that, that it it's addictive. Let me tell you something. It's, it's, uh, it's definitely something you want to surround yourself with, man. You know, nice. Great. It's great to see you like that, man. Great to see you. Thank you, man. Thank you. It's really cool. Yeah. Um, Everyone, CMFT, it's out October the 2nd. Um, Corey, thanks for your time. Um, Always a pleasure. And um, we will talk to you soon, mate. All right. Sounds good, man. All right, buddy. Cool. Okay. Bye. Later, guys. guys.